All right, another edition of the EdTricks podcast. This time we're at USET. And so for those of you that don't know, USET is Utah Coalition of Education Technology taking place here in Salt Lake. And we have some guests today. Matt, why don't you go ahead and... Uh, uh, well, I'm going to actually let them introduce themselves because I, I know good. they're from SDAC. And mm-hmm. I always want to say SDEC. Uh, I know that's wrong. Um, and so let we've you guys been called inter- worse things. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Um, and so we'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Um, we've heard uh, Ginger speak. Um, I haven't heard you speak yet, but I'm excited to hopefully sometime today, maybe well, right now. <laughs> you, you missed Rebecca. If you've missed her, you haven't. Yeah, I don't know. My name is Ginger Lumen, and uh, I guess I'm an education consultant. I guess that I'm an education consultant for ESDAC, and ESDAC stands for Educational Services and Staff Development Association of Central Kansas. That's right. But uh, we're a nonprofit uh, service center, so anything that schools might need or want in the ways of professional learning or any sort of support, even with this asbestos removal or, or inspection sort of thing, we, we provide that sort of work with them. So that's what we do. And Rebecca? I'm Rebecca Lewis Pankratz, and I am the director over 10 of our learning centers, so high school completion programs for adults and teenagers. I also head up our professional development on poverty resolution and trauma-informed, trauma-responsive schools and communities. So... That's a really big topic right now. That was something that's all big a ton topic, about. yeah, and it's meaningful. Yeah, and um, sometimes we got to figure out those pieces before we can go to the next place. So, yeah, well, and just to start off, uh, yesterday, Ginger, during your talk, it was very much about bridging the gap between K twelve education and real world applications through entrepreneurship, through uh, building online communities, PL, PLNs, and things like that. Um, how does ESTEC work with that? What do you guys do specifically? Can you speak a little bit more to that? Because that was absolutely fascinating for Quinn and I. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you for saying it was fascinating. No, we, <laughs> kept, we kept looking at each other through the whole session like, this is this is simple, but it makes sense. There's so many good There's, ideas in there. Yeah. We're just like bouncing back and forth. And we're like, why are we doing this now? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Why aren't we? And uh, ESDEC has been uh, in, this, in this realm, been playing in this since, since even before... Uh, smartphones came out uh, even before social media was really a big thing it, we've we, we've always thought that it's about their future and so um, when I when I started with ESDAC in 2006 I was running a school uh, where we were one one laptop and and I, I and they said ginger it's got to be project-based learning one one laptop the rest of it make work and I said, really? You know, right. I, I get to make what, what is good for kids? All right, let's go. And, 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 I, and we'd had, we had no textbooks. We had some textbooks on a shelf to the side you know, that we could use as a resource if we needed to. But, but I believe that if we're going to be preparing kids for the world, then by gosh, our schools better look more like the real world. And, 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 and to some degree, they are the kids' real world. But I want it to mimic the real world outside of our four walls of artificial education. And so um, I've been dabbling in that area, and I believe that if we're, we're going to do that, well, I, wanna, I don't want to just totally throw everything away in education. I believe in learning our reading and our writing and our arithmetic and our social sciences and, and all of this stuff, but I think we can do it in a way that helps kids want to be there, want to learn, want to. And, and social media, I can have access to the world's knowledge, right? So how would I not do that? Okay, that was a long do you talk no, about, well, we're, we're, about things just, I live and love? No, that's... that's <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's been kind of a theme. I mean, today's yeah. keynote speaker, the head of Apple EDU, I mean, mm-hmm. he talks about the idea of bridging um, student work in the classroom to... He never really touched on it, but basically the idea of philanthropy. Yeah. And I thought that was absolutely fascinating comparing yours to his. 
the idea of an entrepreneurship instead. Well, I think entrepreneurship, you can choose what you're going to do with that money. Yeah. Because we, I went in some schools sometimes when we're talking about that, and they're like, this is not about me. It's not about me. Not, I, you know, and they're very humble, and I appreciate that. And I said, well, okay, so who do you want to raise money for? What cause? And how do you want to? Because we, we can make money and do good at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of social entrepreneurship. Why can't we talk about that? Why can't we look at somebody beyond ourselves? I often start with putting cash in kids' pockets because that's where they're motivated. Um, but if we can let, get them to look beyond just their own personal, so much the better. Uh, any thoughts on any Yeah, I've seen Ginger with kids, I've in, and I work with kids that I think would be considered at risk, but kids come alive using the frameworks that she used. I mean, they literally start eating, learning out of her hands, and then they shift into their own space about holy smokes, I can do this. This is meaningful to me. Um, and can I come early tomorrow? Can I work on this stuff at home tonight? It's it's just, I mean, it's amazing. And it's like, um, those kids are turned on right now to learning. And this is what's going to help my kids realize that the world is lucky that they're on the planet. But my kids, kids need help figuring out why. And traditional school, it's, that's a hard push for, for the kids that I work with. You know, that they just, they, they come to me and they're like, I'm not good at school. I'm not good at this. You know, they have all these deficits. And so I just love watching Ginger help teachers understand that this can be done right here in a classroom tomorrow and, and find your tribe mm-hmm. so that they can, teachers don't feel like they're on an island. Yeah. Um, they don't have to be on an island either because yeah. of technology. So That's right. And we don't, we don't have to know everything. We just have to know where to find it. We've said that for years, right? Mm-hmm. So this is just our now next step of our our new information library. And I'm not just saying learn from any old crazy Joe online. You know, just because he said it doesn't mean it's true. We still have to learn about the academics of thinking about research and, and all that sort of stuff. So when I look at and work with Rebecca's, look at and work with Rebecca's kids, the kids from learning centers, the kids who come from hard, hard backgrounds. And I didn't, she, I knew it was going to work, you know, when I'm working with her kids because it works with kids all across the spectrum. But to see her see these kids that she knew in a very different environment, kids who have been rejected from school, when school said, no, we're done with you, or, or didn't, maybe they didn't say it exactly, but they made it to where the kids said, I'm done with you, school, and, and have retreated and uh, found refuge in a, in a learning center that she's got. Too many times we take those kids and we say, okay, all right, we're gonna, we'll put you in a flexible learning environment, basically an online curriculum. Mm-hmm. And basically, we're doubling down on the worst Awful. of schooly school. Right. Right. It's the worst. Well, it takes it takes the teacher out of the equation, so it gives the kids, uh, it forces them into a situation where they have less help mm-hmm. and more kind of formulated answers. That that yeah. re- memorization that they have to do the things that they were already bad at. Yeah, which it's is why answer. they weren't doing well in school. And so we just double down on it. No, that's if anybody needs it, needs this sort of learning different. Well, if anybody does, it's them, it's everybody. I don't know. Well, yeah, when you go online and taking the teacher out of the equation, like you're saying, Matt, is that student really feels like nobody cares now because there's nobody there. And just caring gets you gets you so much out of a kid, right? Rebecca. Absolutely. You know, it's all about relationships, and we have hard science now that, that backs this up. You know, who knew um, relationships and engagement and compassion and concern for kids was actually how we were going to get them to learn for us. Wow. Who is that? <laughs> wow. And we have science now, so we can all be like, okay, this is the way we need to go. Um, and, you know, I believe we can heal kids. I believe kids um, can be turned from at risk to at promise. I've seen kids come alive. I've watched what happens. And I've also seen the people that work with kids 
make the shift and and after they get past some of the philosophy barriers that they might bring with them towards a shift of trauma-informed trauma-responsive highly relational they're watching the kids that they were baffled by before and frustrated with shift as well Mm. so it's just this powerful movement of we I don't I don't I believe we can win I believe we can win in our small towns I believe we can win in our big cities I mean I believe we can win wherever we want it's the human factor Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and it's also um, helping people realize what they're good at and um, our kids to become confident and watching people shift is really really powerful and what I I wanted to say you know Ginger's been plugging PBL for a long time and she's been bringing people along and I've watched teachers, when I say the word PBL, their eyes kind of glaze over and they get really scared. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't know how to do that with my kids. I don't know how to do that. I don't have building support. The state of Kansas is in a redesign process. We have 10 years to get every school in the state of Kansas redesigned, not tweaked around the edges, but to look drastically different than it does now to prepare kids for where they're going, which we saw this morning in your presentation and in our keynote or, you know, we've got to wake up, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the two things that they are using to drive this process in Kansas, probably three things. Um, one is social emotional at a local level. They put that up top, so that we're really dealing with the trauma and the way you know acknowledging that piece. The other thing they said the research tells us mm-hmm. it's project based learning, project based learning all day long in every classroom, um, every teacher, long projects, not just you know let's do this this week or this you know two weeks. It's let's do semester long projects, two semester long projects where kids are really getting in there, um, and they're getting all of those real world pieces figured out in the classroom imagine that if you've done a year-long project in high school and you go to your first employer and he says tell me about a time because that's what they all say right tell yep. me about a time and you're just like oh these hey, kids are gonna like, tell you about eight times mm-hmm. you know this step, that's right. right talk about real world learning yeah and i have a, know i have a group of students right now that are all working on projects and that's my message to them all the time i said when you sit down they're gonna say all right why are you gonna work here they say tell me about a time i'll tell you about a time i went i did this i failed i learned this was the result and I, I, as an employer, I'd go, well, come on, on a board. You're, right. you're speaking right. our That's language. So, and me and so my powerful. teammates, we collaborated or we got really mad at each other. And then we came back together and mm-hmm. we figured this out. And here's what happened. I mean, that's... That's the social-emotional piece, too, when we're having our kids work together on things and accomplish something, even though in the middle it's messy. Well, it accomplishes a lot of the goals that we're looking for in education, like differentiation, level learning, all those different things. Project-based learning hits all those goals, but it does it in a quick way. Yep, it does it in a quick way. And meaningful. In a meaningful way. Things that are lasting. It's, the, it's that sticky thought. It's, 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 it's an embedded in, mo- in emotion, so the kids never forget that learning. Mm-hmm. So if you can stick on the, 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 the needed knowledge piece that you needed them to know with that emotional piece, with that experiential learning, it's, they're never, never going to lose it. So with project-based learning, when the, the teachers glaze over and you start talking about it, how do you, how do you get them started? I mean, wh- where do you start? I always start with uh, things they already know and believe. I, 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 just like we do with kids, I start where they are. And so each school is different. Each uh, environment, what do you know? What are you, where are you? And then uh, and let's, let's get some understandings. All kids can learn. And we say that, mm-hmm. right? And I can say, but what I want to do is I want to remind them of the kids they used to know and the kids that they used to be. Yeah. And they say, oh, my gosh. And, and then it's a, we must. And, and you know what? It doesn't have to be crazy. And, and I, I help them find many on-ramps. I think there are so many times there are gurus in the world who say, PBL is this or it's that. And if you do it any different, you're wrong. And I'm thinking, no, no, honey, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> there's many ways to do it right. Or it's not PBL. Hi, that's like, right. it flies in the face of everything that we say it is. 
And so help them find their on-ramps and to help them find where they can be right and then push them where it's appropriate for them to be pushed, just like we do our kids. You're a little farther down the road. I'm going to come over and say, wow, that's amazing. Have you thought about this? Meanwhile, she's a brand new. Wow, look at where you're at already. Now, have you thought about this? And again, teachers teach how they're taught. So if we want them to use the tools, then they've got to experience the tools in their learning. They've got to feel it. So whether it's the social media or not, I want us to, everything, everything runs back not to policy, but to kids. And, and what do they need? And so we have to be hard, hard students of what the now is, as well as the future, and to realize there's no freaking way we can ever predict that future because things are changing so quickly. So what we can do is help kids be learners. And who each kid is. And that, you know, when you try and, you know, that's something, that was the third piece in Kansas. They are doing something called individual plans of study. Each kid has to have an individual plan of study. And it's supposed to be um, evolving from 6th grade to 12th grade off of their talents and their passions and their interest and their curiosity. So we have people that say, well, they don't know what they want to be in 6th grade. No, but in 6th grade, they do know what they're interested in, Mm -hmm. right? And so why are we waiting for kids to go to a four-year school or a two-year school to get halfway through and go, I don't really want to do this? Because we weren't exposing them prior, right? And so, but it's it's switching from that system-centric kind of process that school has been for so long. we got to do this for the system. This is what the outputs and the inputs to what does this kid need and who is this kid? You know, and that has, I mean, there's been a powerful um, shift in Kansas and our um, our commissioner, he's done a pretty incredible job with the great team of helping us shift. But in the beginning, people, they were just like deer in a headlight. Like, we need to figure out what every kid needs. <laughs> what does that even look like, right? And so um, I was listening to the keynote plug, uh, the book, The End of Average, which I had just re- read that. And it's a big shift. It's all about finding each individual human's jaggedness. Instead of what, you know, are they above average, are they below average? It's like, no, what makes you, the world lucky to have you in it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the other, the piece is. And so that's what PBL does too. PBL, you don't rate kids off of other kids in the classroom and what so-and-so is doing or not doing. It's how are you growing? You know, how are you becoming, you know, when you're talking to a student? And that's just, that moves so much mental garbage for the kids that have kind of always landed in the bottom of the pile. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then our kids who are academically uh, proficient in how we're doing school right now, uh, they're still falling back into mom and dad's basement Mm -hmm. because they're finding the world isn't telling them what to, when to, how to, just like school did. And so then they stutter step and and are kind of bothered by that. Yeah, Yeah, there's there's really this big, big probably rush of learning for those students of what it is like in the real real world and what's expected because it's not like it was in school. So. And sometimes it's a rush of learning and sometimes mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, a train wreck right in the face. Right. Yeah. We mm-hmm. see it. And it breaks my heart. I can't have it anymore. I was going along with all of this. You're on your Twitter handle. One of the things that originally like drove me to your session was the last little section of it says mm-hmm. I'm the, not the source, I'm the resource. As Can a you, teacher, I'm a resource, not the source. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that and discuss that, why that's such a good philosophy to have? Well, I don't know if it's good. It's just what it is. Right. Uh, it seems to resonate with folks, but I'll tell you, it's a real story. It's real where it came from. I, I was working with groups, a group of kid, kids, five, fifth through eighth grade. Sorry, let me say that again. A group of students, grades five through eight, okay. I, because in my school, I didn't necessarily say we all are based on our dates of manufacture. We, we mishmashed a lot. And, and my fifth graders, some of them were really brand new to the school. They never thought in this way before. And they were so needy one day. Oh, my gosh. I, it was driving me crazy. And I said, oh, my gosh. 
I'm not going to be all the source of information for you. I'm a resource, not the source. And then I thought, Pop. And I got parked up and I looked at this boy named Brady and I'm like, Brady, what did I just say? And he said, and I was like, that sounds smart. And he's like, and so we quick wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> and that comes back from, let me count the years. That would be from 2009 that the boy, you know, the, that I was just so frustrated that day. It's a real story uh, that, and, and I want them to know that. And that's, that, that is everything in my core is that I'm a teacher I can't even pretend to be an expert in the classroom. I'm going to say that out loud, and I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to explain why I'm saying I'm not an expert in the classroom, because we in the education department lie to ourselves about how we are the experts in the classroom. Let me clarify. According to the state of Kansas, that I am an expert in everything having to do with uh, American history from the beginning of time to now. I'm also an expert in having to do with everything that's ever happened in the world from the beginning of time to now. Also an expert in having to do with every uh, religion, or culture, or uh, back, you know, that sort of thing, uh, local geographic place uh, from anywhere ever in the world from the beginning of time to now. I'm an expert in having to do with all governments that have ever existed to now. I'm also an expert in having to do with micro and macroeconomics. Are you freaking kidding me? I am not an expert in any of those things, uh, even though I'm a social studies teacher licensed in all of those areas, and they call me highly qualified. I am an expert in teaching and learning. And I don't want kids come to me thinking I know everything, because are you kidding me? I want them to reach out to the true experts in the world and to realize that we as adults can do the same thing. Um, so that's where it all comes from. I'm but, a resource, not the source. But what an opportunity by not being the source and being able to learn together and make those connections. It's that learn I'm, together. I mean, that, that alone, you know, just that philosophy and being the the resource and not the source we had great discussion on it just even on the way here today yeah. it's, it's something simple but that's a that's a good first shift i think for a lot of people well, it goes back to something he's told me about a, three weeks ago i open versus closed mm-hmm. yeah. teachers are closed a lot of times because they do think they're the expert in the classroom well we've been told we are yeah mm-hmm. and they have that ego around we them. put that piece of paper on the wall in a frame exactly right <laughs> whereas we should be open and, and open discussing those different ideas and making sure that the students know that we're listening to them. Yeah. There's something wrong with them. I gotta um, be a learner. I gotta be a learner first. And to, 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 to walk in with an ego saying, I know everything, shut up. Well, and I think that, you know, when I'm working on the trauma piece and I really sit down with teachers in education too, the definition of trauma is powerlessness and overwhelm. Yeah. And I think there's another part yeah. of education where you have a lot of teachers that are feeling really overwhelmed yeah. with mm-hmm. the expectations of what's coming at them. And they're feeling pretty powerless about doing the right thing. And so I think we have a lot of teachers that are shut down um, because, and it's not because of ego. No. It's because of these other driving forces um, because we don't, we haven't liberated our teachers to do the right thing for kids um, because of the system. And I think in Kansas, that's the other thing that, because education is hard to move, right? Right. It's a slow moving animal. Very slow. Ten years, right? Mm -hmm. Ten? Um, Ten? I love you. I'm sorry we're laughing at this. I'm so sorry we're laughing, but yeah. And our Kansas commissioner, when they started talking redesign, you know, they kind of placed some really good um, yummy carrots out there to get a couple schools moving. But then they figured out, they stepped back and they said, you know, who are the experts on learning? Oh, it might be actually the teachers, you know, like, and so they started empowering teachers. Um, And a lot of our teachers are young and they are products of no child left behind, Mm -hmm. but they're coming alive and they're going, so they're looking, they're going to social media, they're going online and they're looking at other schools and, and you know, school systems are sending teachers out of the state to go look at other schools. So all of a sudden there's this awakening, right? Um, And I just love that piece so much. But I think we also have to honor that some of our teachers are a little bit brainstem because they're shut down. Mm -hmm. You know, they're feeling pretty powerless, pretty overwhelmed. 
So that's another component to really, and that's what I love about Ginger, um, Kevin Honeycutt, because they, somebody reaches out to them on social media and says, hey, I'm a second grade teacher and I'm you know, three years in the profession and I'm terrified of this or that. There's an instant response and they're instantly family um, because, because teachers, they need a tribe. You know, they need a safe person and they also need somebody that has been, um, that, whose shoulders they can stand on. Who will say, yes, come stand on my shoulders because I was you once. And yeah. I want to make sure you're okay because all of our kids matter. Oh, yeah. If I think back of what I was as a teacher when I first started out in 94, are you kidding me? How embarrassing. You know, and you have those kids who come back to you and say, oh, I loved you as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And it's it's embarrassing because I think, gosh, I wish I had you now. Um, yeah. Well, I know we keep talking about Kansas, too, but don't don't freak out when we say this because, one, we do travel across the U.S. and we're seeing a lot of things happening in pockets. Um, we, we just are fortunate to be in Kansas right now in this <laughs> renaissance. I we'd say that. <laughs> hey, you're the first ones I've ever heard say that. That's... Well, you need to hang out with more Kansas because Kansas rocks. I'm just saying. It's more than rock, chalk, jayhawk, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And... Um, to show a state like Kansas, who has such stereotypes when we travel, uh, you know, if they don't say the the Wizard of Oz jokes, which, mm-hmm. by the way, are not funny to Kansans, I'm just going to whisper to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, really, Tano, shut up. Um, but we all get it. Uh, but, you know, we're also known for, you know, we don't teach evolution, which isn't the truth anymore, and, and we don't do this and we don't do that. And there's books out there called What's the Matter with Kansas? And we seem to be the whipping boy of a lot of places. Of, and, and people say, well, you know, they're very conservative. You know what? There's a lot of conservative states out there. And don't try, don't think that you've got shackles on. Uh, and don't think you've got a shackles on because you're on the other end of the spectrum. We can do this. The truth is, is that we're all purple. You know, right. we're all mixed. Mm-hmm. All states are. And we're all humans. Uh, and we, and we all care about thing. kids. That's yeah, right. We, really we all do. want the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. so we can, anybody can do these things. Anybody can. I can't think of a better way to end right there. That was, yeah, that was like perfect. That was perfect. We're all purple. And I could listen to you guys talk all day. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, but, we got yeah. to but where? two things, though. Two things. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, where can we find so, you? Uh, you can find us at esdac.org. But also, Ginger has um, Podstock coming this summer. And so PBL, Podstock esdac.org summer conference amazing come in get with um, all different levels of teachers and professionals and do PBL in a powerful way if you're listening to this you're probably a little bit of a unicorn in your own space mm-hmm. so come back home to family you may never been there but we're family waiting for you and then trauma-informed, trauma-responsive, uh, poverty resolution. Let's get kids, let's get entire family systems out of poverty. Let's mobilize everybody to support education. Um, there's a national conference, uh, resilience.esdac.org, April 25th and 26th in KC. Uh, we're in partnership with Jim Spore Leader. He is the principal of documentary Paper Tigers. So those are our plugs, guys. Thanks for No, that's that. awesome. Thanks <laughs> Thank for sharing today. It's great. And, uh, well, we'll until next time. Hey. Thank you. All right.